Last Saturday, the Cougars battled but came up short in the rivalry game. Handoff Lula. Lula into the end zone! Between the tackles for the touchdown! And the Cougars are back in it! Today, BYU gets a chance to bounce back against one of the powerhouse programs from the Big Ten, the Wisconsin Badgers. We pride ourselves in playing the best competition we can. We're not looking to back down from a fight. We're, we want to be physical and we want to show them that we can step up. Controlling the line of scrimmage is our priority every week. And with the Badgers' powerhouse rushing attack, the Cougar defense is looking forward to the challenge. It's going to be a slugfest in, in the trenches. They're a big group. So we're looking forward to the matchup and looking forward to redeeming ourselves from uh, the last two weeks. Despite a two-game losing streak and a top-10 opponent, BYU believes it can take care of business at home today. Our mentality is we can be anyone in the world. And we have been able to prove that, but to be able to do that this Saturday would mean a lot to us. It's time to count you down to kickoff. BYU versus Wisconsin on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Live coverage of BYU football begins with the Cougar Countdown Show. The Countdown Show is brought to you by Ken Garf Nissan, Honda, and Volkswagen. Proud sponsors of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Good day, BYU fans, and welcome into the Cougar Countdown Show. I'm Ben Bagley, filling in for Jason Shepard. Today, BYU hosts the 10th-ranked Wisconsin Badgers from the Big Ten Conference. The Cougars come into today's game looking to rebound from a 19-13 loss to the rival University of Utah. This is no time to look back and feel bad about yourselves, though, as it is the first time... It's the first time since 2012 that the Cougars have hosted a top 10 ranked team at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So if the Cougars are to claw their way back into the win column, it will be against the tough Wisconsin team today. I'm joined by former BYU quarterback and current game analyst Mark Lyons. Mark, is there any better way for Kalani Sataki to focus his team after a tough rivalry loss than to have a top 10 team like the Badgers come to town? (laughs) Well, absolutely. You know, that's uh, the the thing that you would really like to have is a a great opponent that you know you have to prepare for. And so during the week, I know that they had to have their mind right as they went to practice. And it starts on Monday. That's where you have to get ready for this game is it starts on Monday because you win this game in this week's practice, not on Saturday. And uh, that's what uh, with a real good football team coming in like Wisconsin uh, I have an affinity for Wisconsin. My dad was raised there, and uh, I got to go there every summer. I love it. It's beautiful, and uh, they play good football. Man, they are uh, like the one of the, well, I'm going to say they're the second best team in the Big Ten. They are a very good tradition and very solid in these last few years. One thing I love about Wisconsin, Mark, is is consistently consistent and consistently underrated. Yeah, you know, that's the truth, and uh, they are consistently consistent. They play a very good uh, power run game, which I think is a real good thing for BYU today. I think that that's the uh, place that BYU has the best opportunity to try and stop them. And so uh, I do think that BYU matches up quite well against this Wisconsin team because BYU's strength is going to be in their front seven and stopping that run, and uh, Wisconsin's strength is going to be that power run. They run 66% of the time in a game. So uh, BYU's going to have to buckle it up, 
take that on and be able to stop them in the trenches. Well, I want to ask you a little bit later about how the Cougars' defense might be able to kind of slow down that Wisconsin rush attack. But first, there's plenty of storylines to get to, one of them being the health of Tanner Mangum. Of course, we saw last offensive play for the Cougars against the Utes. Got his ankle rolled up on. There's a question whether on his availability today. How do the Cougars adjust if Tanner Mangum's not able to go? Well, uh, it'll be a different offense. That's the thing that's going to be most interesting to see is because uh, they're going to – this backup quarterback is uh, Bo Hodge. And Bo Hodge is uh, – he, well, he's a mini Taysom Hill. And so uh, he's a little bit smaller, and uh, but he's beefed himself up. He's worked in the weight room. He's a big, strong kid now that's able to come out and play, and he's going to be able to run that option. And so – They are going to show a different offensive look today that I'm sure Wisconsin hasn't seen. Pass attack, I bet, is going to be very similar, along with more play-action pass, but they are going to have some of that spread option look today that BYU hasn't seen this year. If you are Bo Hodge and you're getting your first start at the D1 level, Mark, you were there once. What's going through his head as you walk into Lavelle Edwards Stadium saying, this is my moment? Yeah, well... It is, and you're excited as can be. You can't wait. Uh, Bo Hodge is a confident guy, and uh, I know that his dad has prepared him that way. His dad made some comments about how he won't back down from anything. So he's a good competitor. He's a tough kid, and he gets a chance to step out there against a really good opponent and uh, make a name for himself. So uh, he's got to be really excited for the opportunity, number one. But the thing that happens, you get this crowd and you get to run on the... The first time you run out there on the field, oh, man, you're just in this bubble. You're consumed by this is what I live for. And today is the day that I'm running out into that huddle. And oh, it, it's a feeling that I have never forgotten and uh, one that I'll cherish forever, that opportunity to step on this field in a college football game and uh, have a big part in what was going to happen in that game. And we ended up winning, which was a big boost. <laughs> well, Bo can hope for the same thing if he does indeed get the start today. But one other question on that is when did the nerves go away for a first-timer? Well, yeah, you know, that's true. But uh, it takes two snaps, I guess. Uh, uh, and Bo's probably going to run it on the second down just to make <laughs> sure that he gets hit. And uh, when he get hit, once you get hit, then everything uh, loosens up and you're saying, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play football. Uh, speaking of that Cougar offense, there no bones about it. The offense has struggled in the first three games. Been a lot of talk from Kalani Sataki saying, hey, the offense needs to pick up and change. A lot of pressure on Ty Detmer's shoulders. And especially, hey, improve this yeah. offense, do better, and do it against one of the best defenses in the yeah. country, dang it, Ty. And so now Ty Detmer goes into this. What are you, Mark, looking for in ways of improvement? I mean, at the end of the game, you're judging improvement of the BYU offense. What are you looking for? Well, number one, they just have to run the football. Sometime they have to run the football. Now, uh, quality of opponent has an awful lot to do with that. And uh, I thought LSU was just terrific. I I thought they were great. They were fast and made solid tackles. But BYU is still trying to find something that they can rely on. They haven't gotten anything offensively that they can count on. They had the bootleg pass, you know, so they would make the play fake, and he had that crossing route coming across the middle. That's the only thing that I think has been a consistent game, uh, a play that they were able to run and gain yards. So uh, that's what they have to look for today. And uh, 
they might have it in uh, the change in the offense is going to be a little bit different, and the spread option is going to be a little bit different, and those things are going to give them a little bit of an opportunity to get a little more run game today. Flipping over to the other side of the ball, even defeat, even in defeat, the BYU defense has been stout. They face that rush defense of Wisconsin, or rush offense of Wisconsin yeah. we talked about earlier. How did they do? Fourteenth nationally in the rush offense mm-hmm. for the Badgers coming into this game today at 296 yards per game. That's a lot of rushing yards per game, Mark. How did the yeah. Cougars slow down that rush attack? Well, I doubt they're going to do what I would suggest, but uh, Utah State played a gimmick defense up front, and uh, many times they had their front seven just line up in a gap, not in a stance, uh, not in a down stance. They were on their feet, and they would uh, aggressively uh, blitz, shove, take away any uh, gap. And in doing so, they created quite a problem for Wisconsin in the first half. Uh, Utah State had a little bit of a lead. But in the second half, Utah, uh, Wisconsin put 56 on the board. <laughs> so that, that, they by figured the way, it out. That so, way, by the way, Mark, that was the Gary Anderson Circus defense, which debuted at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in a rivalry game. Oh, yeah. yeah well, there you go. See? Now, wh- I don't think BYU is going to change. I don't think they're going to do a gimmick. But I do think they're going to have to be very aggressive at the line of scrimmage. They're going to have to run run blitzes in order to try and get every gap filled and take away any of those little rooms for those backs to get through. Lots more to get to on the Cougar Countdown Show. Coming up next, we'll talk with the man who calls the action for the Wisconsin Badgers on radio, Matt LePay. The Cougar Countdown Show continues in a moment on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Countdown Show. Cut to the goal line, into the end zone, touchdown Cougars. Squally has a gap, Squally into the end zone, oh Canada. This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. I'm Ben Bagley, Mark Lyons as well with you, and it's time for our mic check segment. We are joined by Matt LePay, the radio voice of the Wisconsin Badgers. Matt, thanks for joining us on the Cougar Countdown Show. Beautiful day. Good to be here with you guys. Beautiful. Almost an autumn day. Got a little sense of the it's that football weather, a little chill in the air. We kind of like that. Hey, I want to ask you this right off the bat, Matt. Two games into the season, still early, but what do we know about this Wisconsin Badgers football team? Well, I think what we're finding out that when the defense first, when uh, when they get locked in, when, they're, when their communication is right, they can be a very, very stingy group. They haven't allowed a point in the second half of the first two games. Had a couple breakdowns maybe early, but it should also be noted that of the three touchdowns they've given up, two have been on the short field after turnovers. But the FAU hit a long throw against them last week, and there was a bust in the secondary. But I think the defense is a little ahead of the offense right now. And I say that even though the Badgers scored 59 against Utah State in the first game. They're a little slow starting, or not a little. They are slow starting on offense, at least through the first two games. But Guys, I think as we all know, it's very easy and it can be uh, tempting to jump to conclusions through two weeks. And when we have conclusions after two weeks, we find out we're wrong. So uh, I think it's still very much a team that is a work in progress. Well, of course, it's so early, you just don't know. But there's a lot of starters coming back. But do we know anything about the injuries in the line? Are those guys going to be ready to play today? Well, John Dietzen, uh, the left guard, will not be able to go here today. Bo Benshaw, they think he will be able to go, the right guard. Uh, but they've been banged up in their offensive line in these first uh, first couple of ball games. But they, they're they not 
they're not fully 100% up front, but maybe a little bit closer than first feared. Uh, defensive line, they'll continue to play without one of their ends, Chikwe Obasi. He's out with a leg injury, missed last week, likewise today. Uh, but otherwise, they're um, sounds like they're in reasonably good shape, but they've they've taken a few bumps here during during the course of training camp. Excuse me, during training camp, yeah, as well as in the first couple of games. Some of those good guys that right. uh, they lost for the season, right? Yeah, yeah. Jack Sitchie, a very good linebacker, got hurt early in camp and is out for the year. Another outside linebacker, young guy, but he's shown some promise by the name of Zach Bond. He's out for the year. If there is any good news in the midst of the bad news, there is that they do have some depth in the linebacking core. And uh, they do have a couple of very good outside linebackers right now. The inside backers are good as well. They, that's an area of strength, and they hope depth, and it's certainly being tested early this season. Well, you talk about that depth on the defensive side of the ball. What about the experience? Seven senior starters on that defense, anchored by some very good experience, and Dakota Dixon, some other seniors in the secondary. Yeah, the secondary is as a chance to be pretty good, and, they, and that was an area that maybe – Uh, It was fair to wonder how good they could be because they lost a couple of good players from a year ago. But Nick Nelson, one of the corners, he's a transfer from Hawaii. He sat out last year, redshirted, if you will, last year with the transfer rule. But he's someone they believe has a chance to be be special. Derek Tyndall on the other side also is, is pretty effective. It could be pretty effective. At all three levels, they think they can be pretty good. Jim Leonard, his first year as defensive coordinator, is just his second year as being a college coach. He's only a few years removed from his NFL uh, playing career, but he's someone who, even as a player at Wisconsin and certainly as a player in the NFL, people looked up to. They viewed him as a as a coach on the field, a quarterback of the defense. I know they're cliches, but when you have that label, I think that's a pretty good idea of the respect that he had amongst his teammates when he played. And this current group of Badger players, they rave about Leonard. They just talk about what a good teacher he is. Not a yeller and a screamer, but a teacher of defense, and the players seem to be absorbing that knowledge. A little bit of an oddity for Wisconsin to start a freshman running back, isn't it? <laughs> now that Jonathan Taylor, he's something. Yeah, they haven't had too many through the years. Uh, they've had a couple of very notable ones, yeah. including Ron Dane. We're going back more than two decades. But Jonathan Taylor is someone who, in the midst of training camp, really established himself. Didn't know if he would be a guy who would play right away or if he would be that bit player. He started last week at a 200-plus yard game against FAU. He's fast, and he shows some power, but this will be good today. And and talking with uh, Paul Chris, the head coach, uh, he is point blank about it in saying this will be the most physical defense they have played by far, and that's no disrespect to Utah State or FAU, but you guys have seen it. This is a a pretty stout defense, very physical, so I think uh, this could be one of those welcome-to-college football kind of days for Jonathan Taylor. He's really, really good, but he's going to face another level of defensive player here today. It'll be fun. In the opening uh, segment, I, I talked about this Wisconsin Badgers team, and one of the, my favorite things about the Badgers and watching and being a college football fan is they're just consistently consistent. They just do things well all the time. What is the thing that they do best from your standpoint? Well, they, they pride themselves on being a physical team, run the ball. It's it's much more substance than flash, let's put it that way. They're, they're not, uh, you know, if the spectacular player comes along, that's great. But when Wisconsin is playing well, it's it's running the ball very effectively behind a strong offensive line, which is still part of that work in progress with this year's team that we talked about a few minutes 
ago. And then that, it, when they get the running game going, that opens up the passing game, either through play action, whatever. Alex Hornibrook has a pretty good array of weapons, potentially, that he has to, to work with. I say potentially a lot of young guys in that wide receivers core. Uh, but that's their, their M.O. is to be able to pound the ball and throw it maybe a little bit more when they want to as opposed to when they have to. And, and defensively, they, they like to, when they're at their best, not only are they physical, but they're a defense that can create a lot of turnovers. Intercepted 22 passes a year ago. Uh, they had a good start against Utah State. It was more quiet on that front last week against FAU. But it is, a, you're right, a consistently consistent team that may not wow you with, you know, highlight real plays all the time, but they beat you. And they tend, when they're at their best, they beat you down. They not only affect you this week, they can affect you the following week. They was take that, a lot of pride yeah, in that. Yeah, was that kind of what happened in that second half with Utah State that I, they just came out and I know, think, buried them? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. And, 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 you know, Matt Wells that talked about it before the season even started, he had some concerns about how his defensive line would hold up with some of the transition that's gone on with, with the Aggies program. And, and to the Badgers' credit, they didn't panic. Utah State jumped on them. I mean, they did a lot of things really well early in that game, but Wisconsin didn't panic, and they were able to come back, tie the game at the half, and then they were able to, to pound away a little bit. And they got some stuff done in the passing game as well, but I think the more powerful team on its home field w- was able to take over. But Utah State woke them up, rattled their yeah. cage a little bit in the first half the way the Aggies came out and played. That was yeah. impressive. Welcome to the 2017 college football season. Matt, hey, thanks again for joining us on the Cougar Countdown Show. Enjoy your time here in Provo, and have a great call today. All right, good to be with you guys. Take care. Coming up next, we'll hear why Cougar fans get what Cougar fans can expect in a different look from the offense from not only Kalani Sataki, but offensive lineman Thomas Schof in Cougar Cuts. This is the Cougar Countdown Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Southwick sneaks, did not get in, did not get in, they stop him! This is the Cougar Countdown Show. Did not score! Did not score! This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Countdown Show, Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons getting ready for BYU and 10th ranked Wisconsin. It's time for Cougar Cuts. While the offense tries to find its groove, it appears that quarterback Tanner Mangum was able to get into a rhythm at the end of the Utah game when he was in shotgun and the offense played up-tempo. Kalani Sataki this week discussed the possibility of seeing more of this type of offense moving forward. For a lot of the power run game, under center is more, more of an advantage for us, but there's other things that we can do. Quarterbacks nowadays are more comfortable in the gun. That's what everybody, I, I, that's how old I am. You know, back in the day, that was, uh, shotgun was hard. And centers are more comfortable snapping balls than they are, you know, in the gun than rather under, under his butt. So, <laughs> you know, maybe in my lifetime it'll switch again. Who knows? Because everything revolves, it, it, it goes in, in phases, you know. Skinny jeans and bell bottoms are back, I guess. So, um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. But, you know, we have to, you can't just force an identity. If, if, if guys aren't comfortable doing something, then you have, to, you have to work with them a little bit too. But if you want to play in the NFL as a quarterback, you got to do both. And this, this is called pro style for a reason, you know. So, But we want to win games too. So it's just all I care about is getting a W this weekend. And we're going to do whatever it takes to win. Mark. Well, I th- yeah, I, I think that Kalani's right. Uh, first of all, that uh, it's 
it's evolved into being a shotgun game, that's for sure. But uh, I thought that Tanner did have, he was much more comfortable in the shotgun. One of the things that uh, helps you in the shotgun, so the safety blitzes that they ran, uh, they ran when he was uh, under center, the three of them anyway. So you miss that chance to see what's coming in your backside. But if you take it in the shotgun, before the snap, you already see that safety sneaking up. So you have a little more visibility of the defense, first thing. And then the second thing is you get a chance to – I always worried that you had to catch the football and you lost sight of what was going on downfield. But the same thing was true as you drop back. You don't get the view of the whole field. So I think that the shotgun is an effective way to be able to run your pass game. Today is BYU's fourth game of the season, and by now teams typically have their personnel and rotation set. However, Coach Sataki says that there is still competition for playing time and that he wants guys that want to compete. Everything's open. I mean, this competition is always open. And so um, nothing's set in stone, you know. And so uh, everything has to be competitive and we play the best guys. And depending on who the opponent, this being Wisconsin, and depending on, on injuries and all this other stuff that works into into football, um, we will compete and the best guys will play. And the goal is to win games and uh, sometimes feelings get hurt, get hurt. That's just part of the deal. If, if, if guys don't want to compete, then they should probably not come here. Well, that's uh, an interesting thing. There were so many people in the fall practice that did quite well. And uh, so you had a lot of people that were showing up in fall practice, and then there's just not enough time for everybody to get into the game. So the choices that they make as coaches is really important. And uh, last week we saw a couple drop passes. We saw some uh, foolish penalties, one that took away a touchdown. Those kind of situations uh, does start to make you wonder if we've made the right choice of who's out there on the field. So uh, still early in the season. And even as time goes on, you're going to see people make some adjustments to be able to get more time. The fact that uh, they're going to probably play a different running back today also, along with uh, Tanner maybe might not be playing, uh, it does show you that there's a lot of chances for people to still step up and play. When you talk about that other running back, and one bright spot for the Cougars last Saturday was to play a freshman running back, Ula Tulatau. In just five carries, he impressed everybody in so much that Kalani Sataki, after the game, said, hey, we now have our guy, the former East High School standout and Wisconsin commit, rushed for 25 yards and a touchdown on five carries. And as Thomas Schoaf describes, he provided a big boost to the offense. Hello. I call oh, I was waiting for the the, I can call him the third cut. So absolutely, uh, I think Ula is going to be a big part of what they do today. And uh, he's he's a big kid, and he still has good speed. And he was able to get through the hole and uh, make linebackers miss. So I think that's the the way it's going to be. We got to make sure it's working. Man, Ula's is a downhill runner. Um, he gets hyped. He gets us going. It's a lot of fun to have a back like that. That just he doesn't care if there's three guys in the hole. He'll, he'll do the most he can and makes us want to step up and make sure there isn't. If we step up and get the first first level in the linebackers, then he'll run the safety over and we'll see it on the other side. There you go. Ula Tulatap expected to play a big role in the offense today. One other thing, Ty Detmer, he's in charge of figuring out how to jumpstart this offense. He was asked if he feels any pressure to get things going quickly this week. 
And it's constant, what can we do better? How can we help these guys? How can we be better as coaches? And what do we need to do differently to, to help them catch up quickly? Unfortunately, being an independent, our schedule is going to be front-end loaded. And so when you got a young team, you're going to have some struggles because you're playing really good teams that you don't have a chance to kind of get your feet underneath you a little bit. And then the bye week will be nice because you can kind of sit back, evaluate, really focus on maybe what we're doing good and what we're not doing good and throw those things out and accentuate the positive. But, yeah, I mean, all the coaches take it hard. We, you know, we're here early. We're staying up late, you know, trying to get solutions. And uh, that's our job, and that's what we're here to do is support the program and make it work. See, at this time of the season, you really have a hard time deciding what changes you want to make because uh, you've already put in what you anticipated was going to be good. And it turns out that you're behind where you expected to be. And now that you're behind, you wonder, if I make a change today, it's going to take us another two weeks to get good at doing that. Or should I stay with what I'm not doing very well because in two weeks we'll be better at that. So he's really in a tough spot, you know, when you get to this point where you're having so many struggles, but you have to look at something different. The thing I think is the best thing to do in practice is you speed up tempo, so you make people hustle back to the line, and you run more plays. So when you practice more plays and you create a little more hustle, players all of a sudden start to believe, we're doing a little bit more out here. I'm going to be a little better this week. I think one thing that that might help if they're able to do that, Mark, is get this Cougar team off to a fast start, something that hasn't yet happened this season. Up next, it's your chance to ask Lions. If you have a question for Mark Lions, because Mark, let's be honest, he knows what he's talking about, tweet your (laughs) questions to me, at Ben Bagley, or at Ben Bags, that's at Ben Bags on Twitter, and use the hashtag AskLions. You're listening to the Cougar Countdown Show on the new Skin BYU Sports Network. This is the New Skin BYU Sports Network. 15 10, touchdown, pick six, Cougars in front. This is the Cougar Countdown Show. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. I'm Ben Bagley, joined as always by Mark Lyons, and it's time for you to ask Lyons. Mark, Cougar fans have questions for you, and we'll start it right here. Not to be lost in today's storylines, this question is on one of the storylines from today, but one thing that we haven't talked about is BYU honoring three Cougar greats who all wore the number six. Mark Wilson, Robbie Bosco, and Luke Staley. And this first question comes from Tony, and he says, Mark, what is your best memory from the three number sixes? Well, number uh, Robbie Bosco was that Michigan game. Holy cow! You know he got hurt, and uh, he was out there limping. He, you know, taped it up, strapped him, and uh, boy, it was quite a, a brave day for him. He was injured and still went out there, and they beat Michigan that day, and ended up. Uh, it was pretty awesome effort that he did. That, that was great. But uh, Luke Staley, my favorite Luke Staley is against Utah on a Thursday night at ESPN game right here at Cougar Stadium. Down the sideline. Boy, that pitch to the sideline, and he just screams down the sideline, and you saw the stands just erupt, and uh, it was big-time football. Yeah, that that was pretty great. And uh, Mark Wilson, well... He, I think he threw something like six touchdown passes. I think it's Mark Wilson that owns the record, but he could really light it up. He, he, he rifled that football. It was that wide-open offense, and uh, he threw a lot of touchdown passes, long balls. Uh, it was pretty fun to watch. You Boy, those were the days when people got open. 
They had people open in those days. Yeah, no doubt. You mentioned the the Robbie Bosco game. Talking to Robbie this week, he said that there was never a doubt he was coming back in that game, regardless of the injury. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, he, and he did. He just yeah, man. Tape a cast on me and I'll go play. <laughs> yes, no doubt. Uh, second question comes from Sydney. She asks, "How many carries do you feel Ula Tulatau will get today?" Well, let's hope twenty. You know, Ooh. like I love it. Give him the football. It ain't heavy. Let him pack that thing. <laughs> and uh, uh, he needs to get out there and, and attack this defense. And I think that uh, if they were to commit a little bit more to the run and have a big, strong guy that can run through there, do it. Now, it's going to be a challenge because uh, Wisconsin is very good. They're very solid up front. They they play they play good football, but Utah State ran effectively against them. You know, Florida Atlantic had a big play. They always had a few big plays. They popped back through there, but uh, BYU has to be more consistent on first down gaining yards, and that's where they want to do it is with that run game and pick up six. One thing we noticed last week, even in just five carries, the emotion and injection of passion Ula brought to that backfield. Absolutely, man. Uh, it was ignited. It, it was. Uh, somebody ran through there, broke a tackle, and uh, made a play. It was fun to watch. Ethan tweets in and asks, if Tanner Mangum does not play today and reports from the stadium say that he is in a boot in pregame warm-ups, who do, you, who do you think needs to step up if BYU is to have a good game? Well, uh, first of all, it's got to be Bo Hodge. Bo Hodge has got to be good. Uh, and, he, and he has to watch... Uh, Bo Hodge wants to run it every down. You know, he when he played as a freshman, he'd ride in there and he would take off and run. He has to be a little more cautious because he's the quarterback right now, and it's important for him to stay healthy in this game. Secondly, Matt Bushman is the guy that I think is going to be most important as far as a receiver because he catches the ball. You throw him the ball out there, whether he's covered or not, he catches the ball. And so uh, he's going to be the go-to target to help out in the situation. When you don't know who to throw to, throw it to Bushman. And I think he's the guy that's going to have to help him the most. And final question, Jason asks, can BYU match up physically against the Badger team today? Well, I did mention that game uh, uh, when Taysom Hill was at uh, Wisconsin a few years ago. And I really thought BYU had a good shot of winning that football game. And it came out to be a pretty close game, but boy, oh boy, it was, they just beat BYU up. They just controlled the line of scrimmage. They did, uh, it was very physical. And so uh, BYU is a strong physical team themselves. It's going to be a battle today, and, and that's the thing. You want to see if they're able to maintain that for the whole quor- full four quarters. Well, we're a little over an hour and 20 minutes away from kickoff before we find out how the Cougars will do against the 10th-ranked Wisconsin Badgers. When we come back, it's time for Shep Talk. But it's actually me conducting the interview, so maybe this week we call it Bags Talk. I don't know. Yeah. Either way, I talked to junior linebacker and team captain Butch Pau about the way why he loves spending as much time as possible on the field. The Cougar Countdown Show continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Countdown Show. Cut to the goal line, into the end zone, touchdown Cougars! Squally has a gap, Squally into the end zone, oh Canada! This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show, Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons with you. 
Today, the Cougars take on the Wisconsin Badgers this week in Shep or Bags Talk. We'll call it either way this week. It doesn't matter. I had a conversation with BYU junior linebacker and team captain. He is the happiest hitter around, Butch Pau. Here's that conversation. What is the mindset of the team right now as you guys prepare for Wisconsin coming off a close rivalry loss? Uh, the mindset and the mentality of this week is to do your job and play physical, especially with Wisconsin. And the, the type of game that they play is to make sure that we do our assignments perfectly to where we can play physical as well and make sure that we make plays so that they don't get first downs and they don't score. We're talking about Wisconsin a little bit more coming up. Let's, let's just stick right here in the moment. You, you talk about the physical play. You talk about the games you guys played, LSU, Utah, now Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I mean, the physicality and the grind of this in the first these first couple of games, what's that like? It's, I think it's fun, and for the defense, we find it enjoyable. I mean, whenever we get the opportunity to go back out onto the field and play, I mean, we get excited and we get pumped up. And so, yeah, we've been playing a lot of plays, but that means we get to just showcase our ability even more. And so we're excited for the challenge this week to where we get to do that. See, that just builds into that whole philosophy that there's something not right about linebackers. You guys enjoy this physical grind like that. We do, we do. We love, we love taking on blocks. We love playing with... The guys around on the field, we love just making plays and making sure that our defense plays to the best of our ability. Coming off of two straight losses, sometimes it's easy from the outside people. You hear the chirping of the fans and the media in the locker room. Sometimes it's kind of hard to keep the team together. Is this team still solid and together going ahead of us to get ready for Wisconsin? Yeah, I think one of the things that's really nice about this team is we have a lot of leaders, and you see them continue to remind each other to block everyone else out. The only thing that matters is our coaches and us as players, and if we can continue to take care of ourselves, we're going to be okay the rest of the season. You mentioned a lot of team leaders. You're one of those guys, one of the captains. What are you telling the guys in the locker room right now? Uh, me and Fred, we just continue to remind each other that we just need to do our assignments, play hard, and we're going to make plays. That's no doubt about it. I mean, we have playmakers all over the field. Micah Hanneman, Troy Warner, Fred Warner, Sione Takitaki, Kairos Tonga, who's coming up, Kesney. Everyone on the field can make a play. And so there's no need to step out of our comfort zone and out of our position and do another assignment because if we just stay locked in and continue to do our assignments, the plays come. The nice part about it, just in the answer you gave me there, it seems like the confidence level is still there. You guys haven't lost confidence in what this team's capable of doing. Yeah, exactly. And so that's the great part about this defense is even after that loss, we all met up together as a defense and said, guys, we played one heck of a game. You can't ask for more. You give that team four field goals and a touchdown, you're you're doing a great job. I mean, yeah, we, we expect even more of us to where we feel like we can shut out opponents, but you can't you can't get down on yourself in that kind of game. I mean, we gave our all, we played our best um, defensively, and I feel like we're going to continue to get even better, and the confidence level will never will never drop. Now, we mentioned moving forward now, Wisconsin, it doesn't get any easier. This is a team that historically physical, they want to pound you, they want to wear you down. As you, as you get ready for this team, as you look at film, what are you seeing from this Wisconsin team? One thing that we see is their offensive line does a really good job of taking on, well, basically double-teaming and then moving on to the second level, or they'll just totally ignore the double-team and go to the second level. And so that presents a challenge in itself for our defensive line, making sure that those guys don't get to us, because if they do get to us, that creates even more holes. And so 
one of the things that we're excited for is to be able to see their strength match against our strength, which I feel like is our D-line. Have such strong guys that can put pressure in the backfield and put offensive linemen in the backfield. And so we're excited for the challenge. We know it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a hard-fought game. So you're looking at guys like Kyrus and Handsome saying, hey, just keep me clean. I don't want to see one of those big uglies breaking through coming to me. I mean, it's always nice. It's always nice as a linebacker to play free. You see a hole and you meet the running back there. And so we get a lot of credit for making a lot of plays, but again, we have to give all that credit to our defensive line, and I feel like they're going to do well this week. Speaking of running backs, I got a freshman who had a huge game last week, wow. a conference player of the week, first start, over 200 yards rushing. What do you see out of him? You see that he's a really good player. I mean, as a freshman, he's coming in, breaking tackles and getting to the end zone, and that's a, something that you expect out of every running back, and so that presents a challenge in itself to where us as defensive players, we have to make sure that we wrap him up. You can't just try and go for the ankle swipes. You have to basically go head-to-head or shoulder-to-shoulder and make sure that you bring him down to the floor because if you don't do that, he's not coming down easily. Yeah, this freshman, Jonathan Taylor, mm-hmm. like I said, big first start last week for Wisconsin. His running style, is it the big physical, traditional Wisconsin running style? Is there some speed and looseness there as well? He, he has a little bit of both. You see that he breaks tackles, but you see that he does have breakaway speed. I mean, last week you saw him play against Florida Atlantic and even Utah State the week before where he broke and no one was within 10 yards after him. And so that... That's going to be a fun challenge for us defensively. Outside of just running, I mean, obviously the Badgers for decades love to run, be physical with the ball. This is a top 20 offense in the nation, scoring offense and rushing offense. Mm-hmm. What do you see on this offense? What are the keys to stopping this Wisconsin offense? I feel like the key to stopping this offense is making sure that we stop them on first and second downs when they try to run the ball or if they try to run the ball on those downs. Because third downs, they have the tendency to just pass. And so if we can stop them on first and second down with a run, um, we won't get worn out throughout the entire game, and they won't have those long drives for us. And so getting them to third downs and making sure that we do a good job this week of getting out on third downs. You saw that we haven't been able to do that past couple of weeks, but the mentality has been do your assignments when it comes to those third downs in regards to their pass so that we can get out and give the offense back the ball. See, now I'm a little confused because now you're telling me after earlier, you're like, hey, we like playing all these plays. Now you're telling me you want to get off the field sooner. Well, it's to, it's to give the offense the opportunity to score. I mean, we love watching those guys celebrate. They've been a little down, but what's great is that they can you to have the confidence that oh it's okay we we had one game let's get over it and let's move on and so whenever we can we can just give our offense back the ball and watch them do their thing it's so much fun for us i was in the stadium saturday that was a special atmosphere right? and part of that's the robbery game right. but the fans were great what's it like i mean you got wisconsin a top 10 team coming into your house with that fan base what do you think what do you expect that to be like it's one thing that i know is it's gonna be fun to play in you saw a Utah game. I mean, we struggled defensively as linebackers to, to make some calls, and our defensive line couldn't get it because they're just cheering and trying to disrupt the offense. And so one thing that Wisconsin is going to be excited to see is how, how loud our friends are and how much fun they love being a part of BYU football. Are we going to see Coach out there in the middle of the field, like, waving the arms? You will. Well, quiet down. No, you won't see that. I mean, if we can't get the call, we can't get the call, and we'll just make sure that we get it before they start getting loud. So we'll be okay. Take us inside your helmet a little bit there. Okay. You make a big hit, say, say big hit right in the middle of a hole to stop him on third down, and the crowd goes crazy. What's going, what you, what's going through your head at that point? I, I began celebrating with my teammates. I mean, 
because everyone's doing their assignment, they, that allows me to go and do my assignment, which is make the tackle. And so one thing that I love is being able to play with this family that we have here at BYU and being able to play with, I mean, we talk about all the time, the Band of Brothers, but not even that, just being a part of this wonderful family where you have guys that look after you not only on the field but off the field as well. And just to pay that back and just say, hey, thanks, guys. You know, that one was for you guys. That's that's really cool. All right, I'm just filling in here, but, the, but Shep's got a tradition, the final four questions. Okay. So these are personality questions. We're going to hit you with rapid fire here, Bush. So okay. We'll start here. If you could only eat one cereal for the rest of your life, what cereal would it be? Reese's Puffs. That's easy. Ooh, Reese's Puffs. That's my I favorite. Didn't see that one on the radar. <laughs> Second question. Your favorite Disney character? Favorite Disney character? I'll go with Prince Levine, Princess and the Frog. Oh, oh. second off the radar. I was yeah. going to say, it'd be a little awkward if a middle linebacker is going Little Mermaid. Yeah, no, no, no. We won't go that route. Okay. Prince Levine's the man. Good, good. All right, third one. When the Bush Paw movie is made, who's going to play you? You know, I don't know if there's... That's a good question. I mean, I would love for The Rock to play me, but he's too tall. So... Well, they can do stuff with cameras. Okay, then let's go The Rock. That'd be nice. They make Tom Cruise look tall. So. Okay, we'll have to go Dwayne Johnson. That'd be really awesome. You have to wear a little bit of hair. hair piece. You pull it off. Yeah. Okay, and last one. What is the best part about playing football at BYU? Dang, that, that's, that's a tough question. There's a lot of things. You have great fans, you have a great coaching staff, and you have great players. Um, I'd probably have to say that the best part about playing here is the whole family atmosphere. You get that everywhere. You see guys just going over to other guys' house to hang out and just playing games and then going back to sleep and then we wake up in the morning saying, hey, that was really fun, and we just continue to hang out. And so even in classroom when we're with, with all the other boys on the team, we just, we're having a good time. We're paying attention, but we're having a good time just knowing that, man, this is really cool. This is something that you don't get often, and we only have a short amount of time to be here. I mean, I'm a junior now thinking that I'm going to be a senior next year, and, man, the time has flown by fast. And so to have that atmosphere, the family atmosphere is really cool. Cool. Thanks, Bush. Thank you. Mark, Bush is going to be key in slowing down this Wisconsin rush defense today. Absolutely. He's my favorite player to watch because he just has so much fun out there. And, uh, <laughs> man, when he hits somebody, he lights them up. When you do that, that running back starts looking for you. You know, it's like when Dick Butkus was hitting people. They started looking for him when they go through that line. Butch has that capability. He's a fun kid. Yes, but Butkus never got up smiling like Butch no, did. No, well. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, we'll look ahead to the Cougar pregame live, and we'll visit with the voice, Greg Rubel. The Cougar Countdown show continues after this on the new Skim BYU Sports Network. You're tuned in to BYU football. In the end zone, it is caught! It's caught for a touchdown! On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. I'm Ben Bagley, joined by Mark Lyons. Coming up on Cougar Pregame Live, Nate Mickle will join me for Nate's Notes, and you'll hear from Badgers head coach Paul Christ. That's coming up on Cougar Pregame Live. It's now time to visit with The Voice, sponsored by Harper's Homemade Bread. All natural, homemade fresh, homemade good. Joining us now is the voice of the BYU Cougars, Greg Rebell. Greg, you just wrapped up speaking with head coach Kalani Sataki in the locker room. Anything jump out to you in that conversation? 
Well, before I get to that, Ben, and yes, uh, welcome, Ben Bagley, to the broadcast. I know you've been on for about an hour already, but uh, yeah, welcome uh, to the Cougar Countdown Show and to the BYU Sports Network, and uh, great to have you sitting in for Jason Shepard, who did soccer duty last night, and we'll get the chance to do this a few more times this year, and so it's a pleasure to share the airwaves with you. Of course, your history here in this market is is long and and, uh, very accomplished, and so we're just honored to be with you today. Happy to be here. It's fun to be part of a great team. Yeah, so Kalani uh, confirmed for us uh, what uh, the, the uh, speculation and expectation was, and that is the, uh, the Hodgeball era uh, starts today uh, for BYU. At least uh, Bo Hodge will fill in for an injured Tanner Mangum, and uh, that will be the case uh, for at least today, and we'll see how much further and farther down the line. But uh, Bo Hodge will be the starting quarterback for BYU today as Tanner's not able to play. He's in a walking boot, uh, being hurt on the last play of last week's game. Went back and watched that play a few more times to see where it happened. And it wasn't really, really well shown on all the angles, yeah. but uh, Utah uh, tackler dives at his feet and caught it just enough that it, it rolled, and it's, uh, it's a pretty bad sprain. I, I would just guess it to be a pretty bad sprain. It's not been officially called that, but uh, the way it looked, and they, you could tell the next step, he tried to plant to throw, and and you could tell he just didn't have he couldn't Drop, put the weight yeah. on the foot, and it kind of dropped him to the ground, and that's when the pass went incomplete. So that was the way last week ended, and the way this week will begin is with a Bo Hodge making his debut as BYU's starting quarterback. And to refresh folks' memories, he had, he ran for two scores and threw for one back in 2015. He ran 16 times for 49 yards, and those two scores completed 10 of 17 passes for 137 yards in a pick uh, back in his freshman year. And uh, he and both Coy Demmer redshirted last year. So uh, Bo Hodge is now a redshirt sophomore. They list him at 6'1", 208, uh, known as a very instinctive football player and certainly one who can run around a bit and make things happen. So we'll see if that comes into play today. Greg, uh, we've seen Florida State here. We've seen uh, Notre Dame here. We've had Penn State here. We've had uh, some pretty uh, solid uh, football programs, but we've never had anybody from the Big Ten here, and Wisconsin is a great representative. Is the first one. They won't be the last. Uh, Michigan State will be here in a couple of seasons as we'll uh, get another Big Ten team in. But uh, back in 1992, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say it was 1992. I'll go with 92. My first year on the radio broadcast crew was 1992, and one of the things I got to do in 92 was interview Joe Paterno. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that's when Penn State came to town. So, yes, on October 31st, Halloween Day, it was a chilly, rainy Saturday back in 1992. Penn State visited. And that was their last year as an independent. Uh, the very next year, 1993, they then began playing football in the Big Ten. So technically a Big Ten member, Penn State has been here, but they weren't in the Big Ten at the time. So Wisconsin gets to become the first Big Ten member to play in Provo. When I visited with their radio crew, they had me in their booth next door last hour, and, and they, they couldn't believe this. Man, as long as these two teams have been playing and BYU's played all these big names, yeah. no Big Ten teams have ever come to Provo. So congratulations to Wisconsin yeah, for absolutely. being the first, and they won't be the last. Greg, Bo Hodge taking over the reins for Tenorman. We talked about that just a second ago. Offensive struggles thus far in the first three games for BYU. How do the Cougars overcome with Bo at the helm, with Ula in the backfield? How do the Cougars overcome these slow starts offensively today? Well, first of all, the hope is, Ben, that, that Ula Tolutau is healthy enough to have to be a, a regular load uh, full workday back for BYU today. Because I think if Ula is feeling well, I want to see him touch the rock 20 times. If BYU is able to do it and the game script allows them to. Of course, if you get behind 17 nothing, and you know you may not have the kind of running game you want, but if you're moving the chains, I hope it's a heavy workday uh, for Ula Tolutau. Uh, that, that's one thing I think that could help. Uh, the next thing is BYU's, BYU has one rushing third down conversion in three games. 
Okay, the one thing Taysom Hill did two or three times per game was run for a first down on third downs. Whether the play that was there or wasn't there, he'd find a way to find the chains. I think it's more likely that Bo Hodge manufacture some uh, uh, some third downs on the ground more likely than Tanner Mangum to do so just because of the kind of player he is. And BYU does need to keep the chains moving, and sometimes when the play isn't there. And that's where Taysom Hill specialized, was moving the chains on third down. He was the guy, and Bo's more likely to be that guy than in the previous situation. That's another thing, is keep the chains moving so that the game script stays in your favor. Again, you can't do this thing uh, if you are down 17-0. So that that would be the hope there. And I think there's another Wisconsin factor involved here in Austin Kofensis. He went to Wisconsin, then Nevada, uh, Reno, and then Arizona Western before coming to BYU. But he was, in their, he was in their camp in 2015 as a quarterback. He's come to BYU and has, has kind of an everything back right now. And we haven't seen him take an offensive snap in the first three games. And I hope that he's ready today. It would be a good thing against his old team. But he might be somebody, too, that uh, gets into the mix one way or the other and, uh, and gives BYU just one more thing to turn to that they really haven't had in the first few games. Who knows? But it's a possibility. Uh, he is out there and available, and it is his former team. So we'll see if that might transpire today. Greg, this is the first road trip for Wisconsin, and uh, I do think having a home game and a home game for them, uh, it makes them feel at home. But uh, you want to make them uncomfortable on the road today, and I think that is a little bit of a factor that this is their first opportunity to be on the road this season. And this is an unusual situation overall, Mark, for them. We're in 2017. Since 2012, that is the last five-plus seasons, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, five-plus seasons, They've literally played two true away games out of league. Yeah. So when they're, when they're playing non-conference games, they're going to be in Madison. Uh, they, they've played 21 non-conference regular season games since 2012. Of the 21, 16 in Madison, three neutral, and two true away games. And they lost both of those games. Yeah. So they don't have a, two, they don't, they don't have a true away win out of league in the regular season since Northern Illinois back in 2011. That was six years ago. So this is unusual for Wisconsin to come here, the mountain time zone, and then just to be on the road away from home in a true uh, away setting out of conference in the regular season is unusual for them. So this is not something that happens very often. This is only their seventh. Now they've, they've played 12, this will be their 1229th game in football history. This will be their seventh game, regular season game in the mountain time zone. Okay, this is not normal for them. They don't come to altitude, but they will be doing it today, and we'll see how it uh, plays to them and for them against BYU. Ben. Greg, good luck to you on what will be your 209th play-by-play broadcast of BYU <laughs> football. In fact, you and I talked earlier this week, today is game 1,000 for BYU football. It is play. indeed. And as I do some quick math, and it's dangerous to do this on the air, between the four of us, Greg, Mark, Nate, and myself, we've either called or played in 261 of those games. <laughs> a little more than a fifth. This being my yeah. first, of course. I, I mean, I, I'm just... <laughs> no, we're happy this, to welcome you to that club. Yeah, we're happy to have you in that group. There. Ben, good stuff. And we will uh, hear from you some more here on the, on the Cougar pregame live. And then Mark and I will come back with you in a bit uh, with uh, Coach Satake. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Mark. That's going to do it for the Cougar Countdown Show. Coming up next, it's Cougar pregame live. You're listening to the new skim BYU Sports Network. You're tuned into BYU football on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with Cougar Pregame Live. He's going to go! Touchdown! Cougar Pregame Live is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 25 years. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. 
Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live. My name is Ben Bagley, filling in for Jason Shepard. The BYU Cougars are getting ready to face the 10th-ranked Wisconsin Badgers. And as we learned moments ago, they'll be doing it with Bo Hodge at the helm, as Kalani Sataki confirms to Greg Rebell that Tanner Mangum, with an ankle injury, out of today's game. Coming up, you'll hear from Badgers head coach Paul Chris. But we start things off with Nate's Notes, brought to you by Nissan, proud supporter of college athletics. Learn more at choosenissan.com. For Former Cougar and current sideline reporter Nate Mickle joins us now. Nate, no Tanner, Bo getting the start. What does that mean for today's game? Yeah, that's the uh, exciting thing today. Um, man, it's just interesting to me how the quarterback position is unlike any other position, any other sport I can think of. In basketball, when, when, when you play basketball with a guy in practice and he's a shooter, he can finish at the rim, they get to the game and they do the exact same thing. And in baseball, if you can throw it 90 miles an hour, you're going to throw it 90 miles an hour in the game. Football is that one, especially quarterback, it's that one position where what you do in practice, it doesn't always transfer to the game. I've seen it at every level, in high school, junior college, Division I, NFL. Guys can be studs in practice. They can throw it, hit all the throws. They get into a game and everything changes because the speed is just that much more different. Uh, the competition rises, the adrenaline, the nerves. And uh, time and again, I've just seen these practice players do great in practice. They get in the game, and they just struggle. And then other guys, you know, John Beck, Max Hall, they just get in and they make it happen. Uh, so, one, I'm wondering how's Bo going to do today. Two, the coaches are wondering how's Bo going to do today. And Bo's wondering how he's going to do today. He's never faced this caliber of athleticism in his entire life. Now, Bo has always done a great job, and, and of course, he's going to expect to do well today. Uh, but nobody really knows, and for me, that's kind of the exciting thing about today's game. Well, talking to Mark Lyons earlier about this possibility of Bo Hodge getting a start, now confirmed Bo Hodge will start for the Cougars today against Wisconsin. What's that like? Your first start, it's at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It's against a top 10 team. There's a lot of pressure on Bo's shoulders going forward in his first start. Yeah, so uh, I was just talking about this with uh, our spotter and uh, about the mentality of a quarterback. And some guys, they just, they've, they've prepared so hard and, and they know how to dot their I's and cross their T's and they get in the game and it can just kind of all fall apart for them. And it, it seems like time and again, the, the best quarterbacks are the guys who have a little bit of an edge to them and can just really not care. Uh, they don't let the the moment affect them. And, and so hopefully today for Bo, it, it seems like you know he's got the pedigree, he's got the, he's, he's got the training, the psychological coaching his whole life from his dad. Hopefully today Bo can just come out and say, forget it, I'm just going to do my thing uh, and just enjoy the moment rather than you know feel the weight of the world on his shoulders. Well, that's an interesting aspect of that is the preparation he's got from his dad, Merrill Hodge, right. former NFL player and former ESPN analyst, a guy who knows the game at all levels, and he's prepared Bo, Bo in many ways, coached him all through high school as well. Exactly. But let's flip sides of the ball real quickly. The defensive mentality in the first three games, while they've been waiting for the offense to really click in, going into game four, if you're in that locker room on the defensive side of the ball, what's your mindset going into today's game? Uh, anger, <laughs> frustration. <laughs> um, you know, I was on the 2004 BYU team. And the defense was pretty dang good. You got guys like Brady Papinga, Aaron Francisco, NFL guys, and the offense struggled. And you can only like you can only be patient for so long. I mean, when you're playing football, you're 
you're putting you feel like you're putting your life on the line you're putting so much into it and it's so physically and emotionally demanding and when the other side isn't coming through for you it's frustrating and you can only play at your absolute best when you know the other side of the ball is going to give you a chance to win because football is made up of so many little moments guys running running backs running at you full speed and you have to decide whether or not you're really going to run in full speed to him and try to keep him from getting that extra yard and when you're feeling like uh offense isn't going to score you're that much less likely to not go in full speed and try to keep him from getting that extra yard so uh, hopefully the BYU offense can start picking this up at least to the point where they give uh, the defense and the team a good chance to win not just a kind of a desperation chance or or last drive chance but if they can stay in at the whole game uh, the def if the offense can stay in the whole game it'll just help the defense that much more play that much harder well, the defense has already had a tough test this season with a rush game against LSU and Darius Geis. Today they get it against a Badger team, which is famous or infamous, right. whichever way you want to look at it, and their rush attack. And with a freshman phenom in Jonathan Taylor, what are you looking out of the defense to slow down or stop this Wisconsin rush attack? Yeah, so uh, fortunately for BYU, I think the, the strength of the entire team is the defensive line and linebackers. So uh, I'm watching early Kairos Tonga, uh, handsome Tanielu. Uh, looking at Fred Warner and Butch, that for me is is where my eyes are. The you know first snap that BYU's on defense, I'm looking at the D line and linebackers to see if they're able to hold the line or if they're getting pushed back. Last question for you, Nate. A lot of talk about improvement. Want to see improvement from this team? It's really tough to to ha- do that against a test like Wisconsin. But from your view on the sidelines. Team-wide, what is the one or two things you're looking to see if this team's improved from week two to week three? Yeah, like you say, you know, you, they could improve a lot this week, and it might not show up because Wisconsin's a top-ten team. And so that's kind of the scary thing about today. Uh, but that said, I do think there's a chance that BYU is able to be more efficient on the ground. So right now they're at, uh, let's see, 118th nationally in rush yards per game. Uh, I expect them to improve on that today because – Bo, I think, is going to be able to pick up some first downs with his legs. If Ula can, like Greg said, have a little bit more of a full game, get up into that 10, 15, 20 carries a game. Uh, Kavika's showing that he can get some yards, and then Trey gets a few carries here and there. I think BYU can improve on that rush number, and, and that can give them a chance to hang in there and win this game. Yeah, Greg and Mark both calling for 20 carries from Ula Tulatau. Yeah, I mean, if he can get that. Uh, it would be huge. Last game, man, he got in there, and it was the spark that the, the BYU offense really hadn't seen all year and just made stuff happen, had a great stiff arm going into the end zone, found <laughs> holes, got extra yards. Uh, so, yeah, if he can do that, that that's going to be huge for BYU. The thing that impressed me about his running last week, even in just five carries, was the emotion and passion exactly. he brought to the BYU offense. Do you know what it reminded me of? The first time I saw Fui Vakapuna, uh, oh. the, the first time Fui got unleashed, all of a sudden this guy against Utah is just turning yards where nobody else could, and that was what I saw in Ula last week. Good point. Good pull, by the way, too. On the other side, my conversation or Jason's conversation with Wisconsin head coach Paul Chris. That's next on the Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live. Bobs for the end zone. Hit me! Touchdown, Cougars! At the far sideline! This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
Ben Bagley here, and it's time for the opposing coach interview. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. We're getting you ready for BYU and 10th-ranked Wisconsin here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And speaking of Wisconsin, this man is 23-6 and in his three seasons at the helm of the Wisconsin Badgers. And earlier this week, Jason Shepard talked with Badgers headman Paul Christ. Here's that conversation. Coach, Wisconsin doesn't head out this way very often. What are your thoughts on bringing your team to the beautiful Rocky Mountains? No, we're excited certainly about uh, the opportunity today, and you know there's great history at, at BYU, and and uh, I think because of that, and, and certainly the history of the program, and, and the knowledge of their current team and current coaches, a ton of respect, and, and I know our team as well as I am looking forward to, to having the opportunity to play at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I mean, I remember watching Coach Edwards and. Uh, Great teams he had, so it's uh, if you're any bit of a fan of college football, it's uh, a pretty special opportunity. Coach, it seems like any time a team that normally doesn't play that often at altitude comes to altitude, it's brought up. Has that been brought up or topic of discussion at all within the program? I think it's certainly a topic with the with the media, you know, answering that, and and you know, it is a different elevation, and, and so you know, like a lot of things in the game, you know, the, you have to deal with it and. And certainly we've tried to do all that we can to uh, prepare for it, but there's, there is only one way to you gotta dive in, and you got to do it. And, and our kids, I feel good about the preparations that we've had, and then I'm sure there's some that are going to have to adjust to it, and it's, uh, it's part of the game today. You said at 2-0. and How would you evaluate your team thus far? I think that there's been some moments where uh, we've done, done some good things, and yet I think as a team we've got a long way to, to go, and, uh, a lot of growth needs to be had for us to be, uh, you know, the best team that we can be. And that's really the end of it. That, that's all it's about is that you become the best team that, that you can. And I think that, you know, we've got a ways to go. When you think about Wisconsin, a power rushing attack always comes to mind. And it looks like you got another good one in Jonathan Taylor. What will Cougar fans see from your young back? Well, you know, Jonathan's he's played two games in college, so he's uh, – he certainly is is new, you know. He's a really neat kid. Now you can't tell that just in, in watching the game, but appreciate what he's done from the the moment he's come on campus. And and as as you know, and, and fans know that it it takes everyone to be able to execute any any type of play, and and certainly offensively in the run game, you know, it, it's going to be everyone. But Jonathan's a he's a good back. He's uh, you know he's a a back that can run inside and, and also has the ability um, to to kind of get some of those big runs. So you know we're glad we have him. He, you know, like any young player, he's got a long way to to go and to continue to grow. But uh, certainly glad that we've got him on our team because of the history at that position and the unbelievable talent that has been there at Wisconsin running the football. What's it like to recruit that position? Well, it's uh, you, you know. I think every kid, you know, we've been fortunate that we have had good running backs, and 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 therefore the guys, you know, players, recruits associate Wisconsin with the running back, and then certainly there's a there's become a high standard, and and we talk all the time the standard is the standard, and and because of those that came before, it, it's a high standard, and and guys need to play up to that and and strive to get to that, and and. You know, Jonathan's not there yet. You know, he's not Melvin Gordon, but you know what? It's been done here, and he can point towards that. And 
you know, we're lucky. John Settle, our running back coach, you know, he's coached a number of them, and and so uh, he knows how to coach a good back and and to continue to help them grow. And and yet, I think it it doesn't guarantee anything. Just because you're the running back at Wisconsin doesn't mean you're going to have a lot of yards rushing. You got to go out and earn it. And, and certainly, no back has ever done it on his own. Wisconsin head coach Paul Chris joining me here on Cougar pregame live. Overall, from an offensive perspective, how do you think your offense stacks up to what you see from the BYU defense? Boy, I think it's going to be by far the greatest challenge that that we've had to this point this year. And and when I watch the BYU defense, you, you see a defense that's experienced, and I think they've got a swagger about them, and and they're physical, and it's going to be. Uh, in my opinion, by far the, the greatest challenge that our offense has seen to this point. The BYU offense still trying to figure things out. What stands out to you when you look at what Ty Detmer's crew has done through three games? Well, you know, like we often do, especially for the early opponents, you spend a lot of time in the summer and in the spring even kind of watching and preparing. I found myself wanting to watch it. Just, I think that he does a great job offensively, and you know, I think when you're a coach and you, you know, you, the first purpose was to kind of study what is BYU doing and how are they doing it and personnel, and I found myself wanting to just watch it and, and learn and see. I think he does a great job with it, and and certainly, as you, you point to, you know, there's you can see the areas and, and the growth. That, going in there's been some changes but ton of respect for what he's doing and offensively as a coach how do you view an opponent that's still trying to figure things out is there stress like just don't let this be the game they figure things out well i think you you know that kids are going to improve and you know we've got some of that on on our side so you, you would project that to be the equivalent you know with an opponent so i think that you see the uh what can be and that's what you have to prepare for and you know we are, you know I think we've had a good week of preparation, but today we certainly expect to see a very good football team. And and if we're going to give ourselves a chance to win, we've got to play really good football. What are the matchups that you view as crucial in determining the outcome of this game? I think it's uh, I think it's two teams that you know pride themselves on being physical, and and when you think of that, immediately it goes to the to the line of scrimmage. And so I think you know the. The front seven of of BYU and their defense, and the front seven of our defense versus the the respective you know your your O line and tight ends and 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 backs. I think that's uh, that's going to be a big part in this game today. I appreciate you taking a few minutes and enjoy your time out here. Thanks so much. When we come back, we'll look at some other action in college football. This is the Cougar pregame live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Football. Step up, a takeoff, a shakeoff, and into the end zone! This is Cougar Pregame Live. Ben Bagley with you in the BYU Radio Studios as we wrap up with the final segment of Cougar Pregame Live. Then we'll get you back down to the stadium where Greg Bell and Mark Lyons and Nate Mickle will get you ready for kickoff. Uh, breaking news from BYU, as we Greg confirmed earlier in his conversation with Coach Kalani Sataki. Bo Hodge will start today for the injured Tanner Mangum as he will try to lead the BYU offense against the 10th-ranked Wisconsin Badgers. 
Right now, let's get you caught up with some other scores going on in today in college football. Checking the top 25 scoreboard, the Air Force Academy at Michigan in Ann Arbor. The Wolverines, number seventh-ranked Wolverines, up 22-13 as that game just went into the fourth quarter. Uh, in the fourth quarter as well, Oklahoma State, ninth-ranked, on the road at Pitt and putting it on the Panthers, 56-21. And an interesting game that just had a nice turn of advance. It's 25th-ranked UCLA at the Memphis Tigers. Memphis up 41-31 just off of a pick six as Josh Rosen and the Bruins were just driving. One of those plays, one of the scoring plays in that game, Anthony Miller from Memphis with a 12-yard touchdown reception. They go pistol formation, and a fake of the handoff to Taylor, end zone, throwing, caught right at that goal line, Anthony Miller's across, touchdown. He caught it in traffic, and right at the goal line, he was hit and spun around, but they're going to say nose of the football was over. There you go. Memphis up 41 as the extra point was good. 41-31 on UCLA. So if the Bruins are going to remain on that winning streak, they got to get another come-from-behind victory. Down 10 as that game about six and a half minutes left in the third quarter. Looking at the to-do list for BYU, some of the storylines for today's game as BYU faces 10th-ranked Wisconsin at Lavelle Edwards Stadium first. Two side notes outside the game. Number one, it is the 1,000th BYU football game played by the Cougars. Interesting note there. Also, halftime, the number six will be retired at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in honor of Mark Wilson, Robbie Bosco, and Luke Staley, all three Cougar legends. By the way, that's not a bad record for a single number. That would be two Sammy Baugh Trophy winners, a national champion, and a Doak Walker award winner. That's not bad. And for the Cougars today against the Badgers, a couple of things to watch for. Bo Hodge. First start in his collegiate career. Says that he doesn't get nervous in these situations. It's easy to say something like that. Now we're going to see how the young guy comes out and handles what has been to this point a struggling Cougar offense. Will Bo Hodge, a little bit of a different style than Tanner Mangum, likes to run the ball, a little bit more of that spread option. How will he change the way this Cougar offense looks early? Also, on that Cougar offensive side of the ball, We heard Mark and Greg both calling for 20 carries from the big guy, the stud running back out of East High School. Former Wisconsin commit, now at BYU. Five carries last week against Utah, and one of the most important things I thought in my mind, that's just me, when he ran the ball, not only did he get in the end zone, his injection of passion and energy into that backfield. And we heard Thomas Schoff earlier on Cougar Cuts on the pregame show talking about how the offensive line responded when he came in and ran the ball and the excitement and the level of excitement that brought that Cougar team up at that point. So we'll see. Kalani Sataki said a couple of times earlier this week that we found our guy in Ula Tulatau to be the featured back going forward for BYU. We'll see what that means going forward. Is that going to mean 15 carries, 20 carries, more or less? Any way that we look at it, the Cougar ground game needs to get going to help Bo Hodge. That'll be the biggest thing. And my final note for the BYU fans to watch in this game is the defense. Jonathan Taylor, freshman for Wisconsin. He's legit. He had himself a week. Well, he had himself almost a season in a week last week with three touchdowns and over 250 yards rushing as a freshman. But it's not just him. The Wisconsin offense is based on a physical brand of power football. We're going to run it at you, we're going to run it at you often, and we're going to run it at you hard. Now stop us. Can the BYU defense do it? The interesting thing about that, the strength of the BYU defense is their front seven and those linemen and linebackers. 
Butch Powell, Fred Warner, and crew, will they be able to step up and slow down? I don't know that you can stop that Wisconsin offense, but can you slow down that offense? Can you force them to throw the ball? Can you force them to do something outside of what they have scripted? Get them uncomfortable. And one more thing, a bonus one. You heard Greg Rebell talk about it earlier. I think this is important. Thirds and shorts. In the first and second downs, can the BYU offense move the ball and give put you in a position for that Cougar offense to convert on third down? Something they haven't done to this point. Lots to look at, lots to get excited for. It's a top 10 team for the first time since 2012 entering into Lavelle Edwards Stadium today. And we'll get you down there in just a minute because that's a wrap right now for the Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next, it's the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Show with Greg Rebell and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned in to BYU Football. He's gone! A 99-yard touchdown! On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to get Coach Kalani Satake's thoughts on today's game. It's the Cougar Pre-Game Coaches Show, presented by Science Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. I grew up a big BYU fan. I got to play here, and now I'm the coach. I live every day with a lot of gratitude and just happy in the position that I'm in. Now, let's join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon, Cougar football fans, and welcome inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah, as today, a gorgeous day. We reach an historical BYU football milestone with a first-of-its-kind visitor in town. It's BYU home to Wisconsin, with the Cougars playing their 1,000th game in school history while welcoming a Big Ten team to Provo for the first time ever. I'm Greg Grubel, alongside my longtime broadcast partner, the former Cougar signal caller, the Arvada Flash, Mark Lyons. And uh, Mark, uh, BYU's played some of the biggest names in the game over nearly a century, but uh, today, in this millennial matchup, Wisconsin rolls into Provo for the first time, something no other Big Ten team has ever done. And this Wisconsin team is as good as it gets in that league. The Badgers have been in the top ten in each of the last ten AP polls. They're big, they're bruising, and BYU's banged up at quarterback. It's as tough a task as BYU's faced since Kalani's been the head coach. Well, it's game day, Greg. It's another chance to show improvement. I I just think that this is the day you have an opportunity to go out and show somebody you can beat somebody good. So it's a tough task facing Coach Sataki. But we all knew that this season it's going to be a front load that's going to be a tough schedule, and, and it might be as tough as BYU's ever had. Last year they started with a very daunting schedule, went one and three. This year, there's that same possibility they're going to go one and three. But last year, the games were all close. And so BYU has to pick it up a little bit to be more competitive in this kind of a game against this kind of a schedule. So I do think that this is an opportunity. If you go out and win this thing, you're back on the map. If you come out and have a close loss, it's disappointing, but it's encouraging. And if you have that big loss, well, then you have that same concern about how to fix the problem. The Badgers are always big, strong, efficient, but their style isn't flashy. You have that opportunity to step up today and take away that run game. They've got a good tight end. Slow him down. I just think that uh, BYU's front seven can be up to the task, and they can win this football game. Seven of my old teammates are in town today, and we get together once a year, and they all gathered again for this Wisconsin game. And I asked them, we were 2-8 and one season. And in that season, 
I asked, did you ever have a feeling that we weren't going to win when we went to game day? And all seven of them said, every time we went to play, I thought we were going to win. So we had that chance to win. So let me just tell you what uh, Richard Branson says about this, Greg. There's no time like the present, no better day than today, or no righter time than right now. And that's what I think is BYU. This is their opportunity today to step up and be somebody. Greg, my boy, I'm not kidding you. Today is a beautiful day for a football game. Richard Branson, noted entrepreneur, businessman, philanthropist, and just now quoted by Mark Lyons. (laughs) He's made it. He's finally made it. (laughs) Yep. BYU-Wisconsin are coming up. Coming up next, my pregame conversation with BYU head coach Kalani Satake as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU football is on the air. Passing into the end zone for a score. There it is. This is the new skin BYU Sports Network. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin BYU Sports Network. KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. One forty-one p.m. kickoff set for BYU and Wisconsin Cougars. One and two on the season. Still looking for their first win over an FBS program this year. The Badgers two and zero oh, and rolling after home wins over Utah State and Florida Atlantic. It's a rare true away non-conference game for Wisconsin. Of the Badgers' last twenty-one non-league games in the regular season, only two were true away games. Both were losses. It's Wisconsin's first ever trip to the Beehive State. The Cougars coming into this one staggered by a back-to-back body blows, a 27-0 loss to LSU, followed by that 19-13 home setback against Utah. BYU's seventh straight loss to the Utes, a game that saw quarterback Tanner Mangum injured on the final play, an injury severe enough to keep him out of action today. Head coach Kalani Sitake now on what his team's plan will be today with a new quarterback, Bo Hodge, taking snaps. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, we're hoping for better things, but... Um, but we'll be ready to go. He, he did well in practice all week, and I'm looking forward to seeing him on, you know, taking snaps from the, from the center. How do you look this week to you? Look good. He's he's got a, a strong arm, and and uh, obviously can run, and uh, stuff that he's done in high school. And we redshirted him last year with the hopes of saving him and allowing him to learn the offense better. And uh, you know, now that he's been in this position, he he earned the the backup spot and spring and in fall camp and now this is his moment to, to shine and his moment to show what he can do where is he similar to tanner and where does he differ in his skill set he's got similar arm strength you know and i think he he runs a little bit differently and um but a good size and and um you know he, he his, his he's a son of a, of a former nfl great and so uh i don't know if if uh he ever gets starstruck by stuff because he's been around it since he was born. So I think this will be a good moment for him to show his confidence level and, and the, the, the belief that he has in his talents. What could his mobility mean for your offense today? Well, I think he could probably extend some plays a little bit, but we're looking for him to keep uh, going through his progression as far as reading the routes and throwing the ball in the right spot. And um, you know, I, I think we have to be really careful because he's a, he's a backup quarterback, and um, you know, this game is, it's it's a difficult game. We're only in game four, and so we have a lot more to go. But at the same time, 
we have to utilize his strength, which is sometimes letting him just do his thing. Does being from a football family show up in the way he plays, do you think? Definitely, and you can tell that he, he understands the game, and he's played a lot of different positions, so it's not just limited to quarterback. He He's physical. I mean, he, you look at his, his body, he's a physical specimen. As far as his hard work in the weight room and things that he's done, he's definitely improved his body type and, and his muscle mass, and so hopefully that will work out with him playing quarterback for us. You've got a couple of uh, former Wisconsin commits uh, in your offense. We've seen Ola, uh, Ula Tolutau so far. Um, how's he doing after a really strong uh, breakout last week? Really good, and, and I think the main part is that he's feeling a lot healthier. You know, so um, I, we're looking forward to him playing and and uh, you know starting the game, and we'll see how it goes from there. But we, we feel good about him and Squally and and uh, Trey and also also with Austin Confences being there too. Do you have a workload in mind for Ula today, a target, or let things go as they go? Yeah, we just go win the game and, and try to do as much as we can with these guys. And and uh, I think we have an understanding, but it's hard to you have to extend drives in order to get guys more reps, you know. So uh, the yeah. goal is trying to get positive yards and trying to stay on, keep our offense on the field. What does Austin Confences bring to your team? Well, he's explosive as well. He, he has a lot of talent. He's a, he's a guy that played. He was a national recruit as a quarterback, but he understands the game, and I think his main skill is running the ball, which is why we put him at running back. What are you most pleased with uh, from your defense through three games? Um, their effort level is awesome, and, and uh, they've been well coached. I'm really impressed with their coaching staff and just really impressed with the whole group overall and their great leadership. And so um, I'm hoping that they continue to do what they've been doing. And we'd like to see a little bit more disruption going against a pro-style offense, maybe getting some opportunities to create some big plays, and uh, specifically in the pass rush and also trying to create some some uh, you know, some disruption and maybe get some TFLs and some, some uh, turnovers. I know that Coach uh, Tuiaki would like to get as many as three turnovers a game, right? Oh, yeah, that's the goal is, is uh, find a way to get three turnovers somehow, whether it's a fourth down stop, stuff like that. We count that as a big stops, and, and uh, we, we need to keep flipping the field and try to put our offense in better positions to score. Big Ten games are often won and lost. You can say this about a lot of games. In the trenches, uh, Wisconsin's a great trench team, and you think you're getting there. It'll be a good test for us and, and, and for our guys to see where they stack up against the best. You know, I think Wisconsin is known for their O-line, and it'll be a good test for our D-line to see where they stand. And, and I, think it, I think they can have some confidence knowing that they're prepared for this. What's most impressive to you from this Wisconsin team you've scouted so far? Well, their size and their ability to replace guys. I mean, if a guy goes down, uh, his twin just backs him up and goes right back in. So they're humongous, and they play physical and really well coached. And, and that, that system has been around for a long time. Uh, we compare um, you know, Utah's defense being around for decades. Well, Wisconsin's been the same way on offense, and, and they've got a good thing going there with their offensive line. Are you comfortable with the matchup uh, that way, O-line, D-line? Yeah, I mean, it, we we uh, we have no choice, you know. But um, that's why we got all the big guys like Kyrus Tonga, and uh, you know, we added some some size, you know, with with bringing in Handsome and all those guys that we feel comfortable with. But um, it'll be a good, like I said, it'll be a good test for our guys. I think I think they they should feel confident in their in their abilities and just believe what their coaches believe in them and then see how they stand. And it'll be a good measurement for us. They've got a stable of good backs, but the 23 looks to be pretty special as only a true freshman. Oh, yeah, and he they, he breaks tackles, you know. So um, he, he, the, sec, the yards after contact is and the second effort is something that's really impressive with him. So uh, it'll, be, it'll be a good test for our linebackers being able to limit him and his gains and, and see if our effort can, can kind of gang tackle him a little bit more instead of, 
allowing him to get in space with one-on-ones is difficult for one guy to bring him down. So hopefully we can get all 11 guys in the picture frame. Okay. Well, when you got out of the house this morning, it probably felt like football weather to you. It's got a little bit cooler, and it's a sunny Saturday. What a great day. It feels like old days when I was a kid and come, coming to the stadium and watching you know BYU play with with the sun in the sky. So it'll be a good flashback to the past and against a great opponent. Um, you know, top 10 teams, so it'll be a lot of fun, and, and I know we got our, our fans that have our back, so uh, let's see what happens. First ever Big Ten team to play in Provo. Definitely. Looking forward to it. Hope it's a great day for you and the guys, Coach. We'll talk to you afterward. All right. Go Cougs. Thanks. All right. That's BYU head coach Kalani Sitake and the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. Our lead-up to BYU and Wisconsin rolls on after this break on the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned in to BYU football. In the end zone, it is caught! It's caught for a touchdown! On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kickoff. Touchdown! He does it again! Is just around the corner. You're tuned to the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show. Republic Wireless. Life is better when we're connected. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by your local Utah Honda dealers and by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Now, let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon again from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the BYU campus in Provo. We're on the mountains before us. The colors have begun to change as autumn is set to arrive next week. And as if to further signal the new season, the weather has turned. At least it was wet and cool yesterday. Today it's sunny, but also a little bit uh, of a chill in the air in the morning. It's kind of Wisconsin weather maybe with the Badgers in town to take on the Cougars in this Saturday matinee. I'm Greg Rubel, joined in our broadcast booth by my game analyst partner, Mark Lyons. Engineer Barry Squires, spotter Doug Martin, statsman Ralph Sokolowski, down on the field, former Cougar receiver, return man, and academic All-American, Nate Mickle. Nate Mickle reports from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Nate will join us a little later on in our pregame show. Ben Bagley is our studio host today, filling in for Jason Shepard. Our board operator is Carter Malloy, and our broadcast interns are Tanner Wilkinson and Michael Shreve. You are listening to us on the new skin BYU Sports Network nationally on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143, locally on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM in Salt Lake City, along with our BYU Sports Network affiliates in Utah and Idaho, and we are around the world online, BYU via BYUradio.org, BYUcougars.com, KSL.com, and on the BYU Cougars, the BYU Radio, the KSL Radio, and the TuneIn apps. Wherever you are this day, we're glad you're spending a part of your day with us joining you at the beginning of the season. Mark, uh, the thoughts of BYU being without its starting quarterback by the fourth game of the season would have been sort of a doomsday scenario. But the way the the offense has kind of struggled to start the year, the injury to Tanner Mangum uh, gives BYU now uh, an opportunity by necessity to shake things up and see what transpires. Uh, Bo Hodge will not be the... uh, the only new face in the attack today. I expect uh, another Wisconsin uh, signee. We talked about Ula Tulotau, but uh, Austin Kofensis might see his first snaps and maybe make a difference at different spots on the field today. Another former Wisconsin commit, Ula, we talked about, may figure prominently here this afternoon, too. So whether it's uh, Bo or Austin or Ula or somebody or many other people, BYU needs some playmakers to step up and step forth and help this offense. Uh, it's averaging 11 points per game with only four touchdowns through three games. 
So if you can't beat them, join them, right? So bring all those Wisconsin guys back to BYU so you can go ahead and attack them. BYU should sow some new offense. Uh, they showed some last week against Utah, had a lot more motion. But if Bo Hodge is the quarterback, which we know he is going to be, we will see more new offense to help his style of play. He's a mobile quarterback, and his quickness should help him extend plays. And also his running ability is going to help him be a threat as a ball carrier. So it's a new dimension for BYU's offense that they haven't seen so far this year. Wisconsin doesn't know what they're going to see from a running quarterback. So Ula just got enough work last week to know what a college game's like, and so he's physical enough to push that front Wisconsin. I think he's the physical guy that's going to be able to attack that defensive front of Wisconsin. I think that's a good thing for them. I do hate to use the good opponent excuse for limited offensive success, but good defenses do limit average offenses. BYU still needs to make first downs. It's the same plan that you always put in they've got to make first downs they've got to do a better job on first down and they've got to be able to create long drives and score points wisconsin's going to try to do the exact same thing against byu so i do believe that today byu is going to have to work hard on that first down and uh, bo hodge is going to be have to be successful in extending plays and throwing accurately now it's more than one guy of course mark but uh were you surprised, if at all, that uh, Tanner Mangum seemingly had a uh, tough time settling into any kind of rhythm in the early part of this season? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I believe that uh, he did have some challenges, but I, and I hate to use that good opponent excuse, <laughs> but I am. <laughs> I just heard that a minute ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I agree. Uh, versus LSU, I felt like Tanner was rushed. He was hurried, you know, but I've been there. I know what it's like. I feel it. I, you get this feeling that I've got to try harder, and when you start to try harder and nothing happens, it's really frustrating. It happens to me in golf all the time. But uh, BYU has got to have a better run game, and uh, if you get a better run game, the pass game is not so difficult. But, uh, you know, they don't have any identity. BYU just doesn't have a go-to guy that they, they can play with. When Tanner was a freshman, they could throw that slant to Mitch Matthews, and, uh, you know, it was very successful. So they had something that they could count on. So far, BYU doesn't have anything that they can count on. They've got to come up with some kind of idea of what they can do. When you talk about rhythm, though, Greg, yeah, yeah, we have to chuckle because one of the skydivers just landed in the end zone, in the in the stands, He's, right? You know, he slammed into the padding at the uh, at the railing uh, deep in the end zone there. Yeah, man, I know that's kind of scary, isn't it? Here comes the the flag. So the, uh, the, the U.S. Navy parachute team, the Leapfrogs, are skydiving into the stadium. The first three landed. The last carries the American flag with him. And uh, the second of the three uh, came in a little hot and <laughs> flew right into the wall in the back of the end zone, hit the padding pretty hard. Like, it's like being sacked by a quarterback, you know, in, in, in the backfield. But, Mark, you were saying. Okay. I went with you one time to Kansas City for a BYU basketball uh, tournament. And uh, Kyle Chilton and I were out uh, shooting around. And, uh, Kyle Chilton is BYU's basketball sports information director, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you, of course, that's right. And so we got into a little uh, free throw competition, and uh, 
Talk about being in rhythm. You've got to have some success at something in order to create that confidence that you have that you can continue to keep on doing something well. So Kyle would hit a free throw and make another free throw, and he had the stroke going, he had the rhythm, and he ripped off about 20 in a row as he just sat there and had the feeling of, I've got it, I made it, I'm confident, I can do that. In football, for the quarterback, they have to have some success that they can count on and rely on in order to get that feeling of rhythm, something, this is going to work. I've got this feeling that this is going to be good. And so far, BYU has really struggled in finding any kind of something that this is going to work in order to put the quarterback in a feeling of this is the rhythm, I've got the feeling, even though I did think that uh, when they went to the shotgun and had an up-tempo attack, Tanner got much better. And so I do think that... uh, that's important for a quarterback to be able to get rhythms. You have to have some offensive success. We'll see what works today. More of the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show is coming up after the break. Stay in touch with nationwide smartphone coverage starting at $20 a month. Republic Wireless. Better coverage in more places for less money. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Football. BYU Football. 25-20, path into the end zone. 10-5 and touchdown. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Welcome back inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo. BYU and Wisconsin coming up. First time a top 10 team has been in Provo since Oregon State back in 2012. Last time BYU beat a top 10 team was eight years ago in Arlington when the Cougars upset Oklahoma, which was number three at the time. This year's Badgers, number 10 in the AP poll. We chatted about BYU's offensive struggles in the last segment, and they've kind of been overshadowing the work of a defense that, uh, while not yet dominant, been pretty darn solid. Uh, Three games, and BYU's allowed 6, 27, and 19 points. Those are numbers you can generally work with until and if the offense gets things kind of figured out. Mark, if anything, the defense may have to do even more to keep BYU in and have a chance to win games. The D has three takeaways in three games. Coordinator Elisha Tuiaki wants three turnovers in every game. That's a lofty goal, but if if scoring points is your problem, a positive turnover margin is a solid step towards solving it. Yeah, absolutely, and the turnovers are always... You know, I've talked about it quite a bit, but primarily the thing that a turnover does is it prevents the opponent from scoring. You've got the ball. You took it away from him. BYU's had to rely on their defense to win games, you know, in the past. It it isn't anything new, but especially early in the season until the offense starts to find some identity and put things together. And BYU's defense have almost always been really, really good, and they help out that way. This year, the D has only given up two second-half touchdowns, one to Utah and one to LSU. Wisconsin runs the ball two-thirds of the time, so I do think that this is a good matchup for BYU's front. They've got the big, solid guys up front, and they're going to be able to attack and be able to hit that line in the face and be able to make them uh, pass the football. So if you put them into long third-down situations, something Wisconsin's not familiar with, they're very good at third-down conversions, 54% in converting third downs. It's because they're always looking at third and really short. And they're able to run the football to do that. So I think that BYU today has to make that same effort of stopping first down success, make them pass the football more often than they want to, and get them out of that feeling that we're going to have third and short every time and be able to continue those drives. Time for a break, and as we do so, it's time for You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Here's today's football rules scenario. 
It's first and goal on the opponent's five-yard line. A receiver controls a pass while in the air in the end zone and is hit by a defender, causing him to land on his back at the one-yard line where he maintains control of the ball. The officials rule a touchdown. Is it a touchdown? The answer coming up next as the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show continues from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Back at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo for BYU and Wisconsin. Kickoff scheduled for 141 Mountain Time on a pleasant Saturday in Provo. Time to get to the answer in today's NCAA football rules question and you be the judge. Brought to you by Legally Mine. Here's the scenario. First and goal on the opponent's five-yard line. A receiver controls a pass while in the air in the end zone and is hit by a defender causing him to land on his back at the one-yard line where he maintains control of the ball. Officials rule touchdown. Is it a touchdown? And it's a reviewable play regarding whether the pass was complete and whether it should be a touchdown. And the ruling here is confirmed. Completed pass for a touchdown. This is treated just like a forward progress in the field of play. So count the score even though he never landed in the end zone with the ball. You be the judge, presented by Legally Mind. All right, 22 of BYU's last 30 losses have been by 10 points or fewer. They include last week's six-point loss to Utah. Mark, if there's one reason... BYU last had a 10-win season six years ago. It's that BYU's having a tougher time winning the close games. Since going independent, BYU's 15-18 and 18 in games decided by a touchdown or less. And for BYU, one of the biggest keys in winning close games has been leading close games. They're yeah. good closers when they open well. BYU's win rate is in the upper 80s and lower 90s. When they're leading after the first, second, and third quarters, this season starts have been slow, and BYU hasn't been winning. It'd be great to see the Cougs get something going early today here in Provo. Boy, absolutely, Greg. You know, it's always a confidence builder when you come out and score first. Let's pause for our national anthem. right before the anthem, just the, the slow starts for BYU. They're playing from behind yeah, so frequently this season. And, and, and again, when they when they open on top, they're great front runners. You know, when you are able to score first and then hold your opponent and then score again, it really gives you that two-touchdown that two lead. That gives you that two-score lead. And when you play with a two-score lead, you're play calling so much easier and your opponent has to change their play calling and it really changes the kind of the feeling of the game. So when you score first, get that lead on the board, and then are able to build on that lead, it makes such a difference in the way you're able to play the game. Now, the fact that BYU had so many close losses last year, it just 
uh, is a very difficult thing to get that attitude that we're going to win every one of these close games. BYU came close. But they've got to get over the top. Kalani Satake is yet to lose a game as head coach when BYU does score first. Nate Mickle coming up next. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Francis catch, 10-5. This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Hey, Cougar fans, post your favorite fan picks from today's game with this hashtag, Les Olson IT. That's hashtag Les Olson IT. L-E-S-O-L-S-O-N-I-T. Hashtag Les Olson IT for your chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. That's today and every home game. It's from Les Olson. Go Cougs. Use the hashtag Les Olson IT with your favorite fan pick from today. BYU Wisconsin coming up. Let's head down to Nate Mickle from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Nate, uh, uh, what do you think and or hope that a new quarterback means for BYU today? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for a spark. You know, last week we saw Ula get in. He was the guy that got in there and, and, and he sparked the team. He picked up some first downs, got in the end zone, brought some excitement. Today I'm seeing if Bo Hodge can be that guy. When the team needs to pick up a first down, he can be the guy to make that play. Thank you, Nate. By the way, field conditions and weather-wise, we're looking at early, uh, low to mid-60s right now. I think there's a little breeze. How does it feel down there? Oh, it's beautiful, guys. I mean, this is, like Kalani said, this is what he remembers as a kid. This is what I remember. Just a perfect day for football. Tons of white in the stands. Doesn't get any better than this. Thank you, Nate. Coming up after this, we'll get Marks, Ken Garf, keys to the game, the coin toss, and the opening kick. This has been the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show. BYU football continues in a moment, live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU. Sports Network.